This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sean Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Andrew Webster Webby. What is good? We're at that time of year. We're right here in front of me. I'm looking at my NCAA tournament bracket. And unlike years and past, so you have to understand that I have a two and a half year old daughter Mm -hmm. and some things when you, when you become a dad, there's something called sacrifice that you have to make. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's some things that start to slip away. I used to watch and Shelly knows this pretty much every and any live sporting event when it came, got paid to do it. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter if it was NASCAR. Didn't matter (laughs) if it was the Calgary stampede curling (laughs) or college, college football and college basketball. I used to watch dozens of college basketball games every year. I would know these teams pretty Mm -hmm. much inside and out, apart from some of the mid-majors that we don't necessarily get. But if you're talking top 25 teams, I'd be able – I was watching four or five games every year, you know, making sure that I knew who was winning each conference. Mm -hmm. I looked at the bracket today, (laughs) and I was like, uh, is, is Duke still good? Well, you should have been asking, is North Carolina still good? Coach Coach K, I was looking for some teams. Where's Villanova? I'm going to take them to the Final Four. Nope, not in the tournament. Where's North Carolina? Nope, not in the tournament. So, you know what? I'm doing some reading. I did watch some of the action this past uh, the conference tournaments because it's always good to put those on during nap time so Daddy can lie on the couch and and get a little college ball in. But right now, boys – but I think that this is my best chance to win one of these tournaments is because I'm not oh. overthinking it. I'm not overthinking it. I know that I know that Purdue has the big Canadian guy. I've never been uh, more sure of a first round uh, or a number one seed getting upset in the second. <laughs> we'll round. get there. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get I got there. Thoughts. Something, I got something thoughts. tells me March Madness will be uh, the Ask on Blast segment at the very end of this Could show. Be. We will. You don't get want there. to talk about. You don't want to talk about the Oscars and and everything everywhere all at once. No. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I will say, shouts to Jimmy Kimmel. Right. Hey. I, I, Kimmel is just solid. I've always been in the battle of the Jimmies, which is something we've been talking about forever. Yeah. Always Kim- been a Kimmel guy. Kim- always been a Kimmel guy. And yeah. Um, overall, though, the Oscars, not really my jam. We'll just say that. Come um, to me. Ask me what my favorite movies are were the past year. Did you see Barbarian? No, I did not. Okay. Check out Barbarian. <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, and I'm don't read it. No, I'm no, don't read it. anything about it, and just start mm-hmm. watching it. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Um, were you under the influence of anything while you were taking in? It's, it's a movie. It's a movie, of course. <laughs> just checking. Just checking. Not, just checking. If you're not putting. No, down no, no. At least Hold on. Don't get gummy. fined. Don't get fined. Don't get fined. Okay, just well, I'm just here to only get don't get fined. Yes, of course. <laughs> just asking the question. That's all. Just don't watch, bar- watch Barbarian, man. Okay. It's the craziest. It's crazy. Uh, speaking of don't get fined, uh, I think that's a pretty Nobody good segue. Fined. Pretty good segue into someone getting fined, but also it was part of a Raptors 
one in four road trip, which we will get to as part of this, the ball on blast podcast is always so much going on in and around the NBA. We'll talk a little raps. Of course, we're going to talk about the play in as things continue to heat up towards the end of the regular season in both the Eastern and Western conference, which got to ask like the people who are against the play in, I still don't get You're it. Crazy. It's like, this matters now. Like there's so many teams in the mix in both conferences, but we'll talk about the play in. We'll talk about, Lighting the beam in Sacramento. We'll talk about your man's Embiid and the Sixers. John Moran pictures leaking. There's <laughs> a lot of stuff, as always, going on yeah. in the NBA because it's just how the NBA rolls. Uh, we start, as always, though, with your Toronto Raptors. And as mentioned, a one and four road trip for the Toronto Raptors. And, you know, really, I'll, I'll say this much, okay? One and four road trip, split in Washington, a loss in Denver, then back-to-back losses against the Lakers and the Clippers. And at the time of this recording, the Raptors sit in ninth place, a half game up on 10th place Chicago, a game up on Washington for 11th, and a game and a half up on Indiana for 12th. I'm going to start here and just simply ask you, one and four road trip, we we know about the, those games. We know about the Scotty Barnes ejection. There's Fred Van Fleet. There's losing in both to both LA teams. But I'm going to start here asking you, what was your biggest takeaway from this one and four road trip from the Toronto Raptors? Did they make the right call at the trade deadline in not getting in in staying the course and okay. not getting rid of guys like Fred and OG and maybe Pascal if you wanted to? But it seemed like they brought they tried to bring all those guys together and say, let's make a run at this. We're going to keep you guys here, you know, come what may in the offseason. I really think that maybe Masai and Bobby Webster should have pulled the trigger on some of these deals Yeah, because that was a pretty much a, I don't want to say a must win like wrote, but you needed to come back with more than just one win from those five games because like, even though they're off of this road trip, this stretch is going to be tough for them. And as we're going to talk about the spots, like the musical chairs game for these play-in games it's getting really, really tight. And the teams that they're dealing with that, that are hovering around them, even below them in the standings, are not necessarily slouches. Like yes. in today's NBA, all of these teams that we're going to talk about are really, really talented, have awesome players, coaching, whatever. And then the, there's all these X factors, you know, in what the referees are going to be like, as we've seen already. And it's like, in that case, did the Raptors have the Raptors all, like you know dug a little deeper the hole that they might find themselves in by the way that they've treated these referees? Ooh. Because again, we don't live in a vacuum here. The mm-hmm. referees see what's been happening with the Raptors. They see the fine that Fred Van Vliet got, and I'm sure any kind of slack that they may have had is starting to shorten. You know, and when you're in a tight race like this, you need every variable on your side. You need to have a good locker room. You need to be executing. You need to be making adjustments in game, but you also need to be working the referees. That's part of success in the NBA. And if you've lost some of the ability to do that, that's like I say, digging your hole even deeper. Yeah. And I mean, you touched on it there. It was a tough, tough road trip. And last time we spoke, we were talking about Scotty Barnes getting thrown out of that game and against Scott Foster and that whole debacle that was going on with Scotty Barnes uh, accusing Scott Foster, like, well, 
we won't even get into all that. I'll just say, quote, Scotty Barnes saying, quote, y'all cheating, bro, to Scott Foster, getting thrown out of the game in Denver. Then he had the follow-up the next game against the Clippers in which Fred Van Fleet, I mean, the Raptors lose that game, and Fred Van Fleet, I'm going to read the quotes just because it was an epic fine by Fred Van Fleet. Came came hard. And I know this is a a week old or whatever, but if you get the chance to watch him, because you can see him think about it, about is he about to go in? And then you see the boat where he's like, Fuck it. <laughs> I'm going in. And he said, quote, I mean, I don't mind. I'll take the fine. I really don't care. I thought Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. I thought that on most nights, a couple out of the three officials, there's one or two that just fuck up the game. You come out tonight competing pretty hard. Third quarter, I get a bullshit tech. Changes the whole dynamic of the game. Changes the flow of the game. Most refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs. They're trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you have the ones who just want to be, I guess I'll say dicks. Can I say dicks on this pod? I guess so I make the rules. Whatever. And and just (laughs) Just kinds of fucks up the game. Nobody coming to see that shit. They want to see the players. Now I'll say this much. One, the audacity to just come out and just say all that, you know my guy is cheesed. I yeah. don't know if I've ever seen a guy come out and just diss refs that by politely, name. politely by, I'll name. Say, by name, you know, calling them dicks, saying they fucked up the game. Like, but the way that he said it was so smooth at the yeah. same time, you know, yeah. like shouts to Freddie for that and just taking the fine. He ends up getting fined thirty thousand dollars. And the first thing that came to mind to me was What's 30 grand to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? But (laughs) with that said, you do bring up an interesting point, right? Like what is the reaction going to be from the other refs once that happens? And, you know, there's some questionable calls in the following game against the Lakers as well. And I'm going to assume that whether it's Scott Foster or Ben Taylor are going to end up refing more Raptors games before the end of this season. And so, to me, it ends up being such an interesting choice there. But in terms of where the Raptors sit this season, none of this really helps the situation that this team currently finds themselves in. This right? one's my question is, and I understand being emotional after a game like that and knowing the stakes of it and having, in your eyes, the chance to win that game taken away from you. Who benefits by Fred yeah. Van Vliet going up there, taking that fine and saying, fuck Ben Taylor? Yeah. Who benefits? Because I don't think it's Fred and I don't think it's the Raptors, man. Like, are you trying to make a case to the fans, to, to the people watching the games, that this is one of the reasons why we lost? Like, I, I just don't understand it in a sport that we have talked about for the last couple of weeks that is so ingrained with your relationship with referees and officials. And so st- I just, you got to know and just say, hey, you may be feeling that you got cheated or this is unfair, but man, to go out there and use that kind of language, even though, like you say, it wasn't like he was fired up about it. Mm-hmm. He was just like almost standing him like a fact, but still, man, you got to like understand the circumstances of where you are, the sport you're playing and, and how others are going to see you calling people out like that. Like that's a fraternity of NBA officials and you mess with one. I'm sure it's like, I'm sure Ben Taylor, you know, was like, yo, fuck this guy for what, for him showing up my brother, Scott Foster the other day. 
Yeah. And there's got to be some, I mean, who knows? There's tons of things that could have happened that, you know, might be behind the scenes that we have no idea about, but it is weird because uh, Freddie has eight texts this season and the third he's earned in games at Scott Taylor or that uh, Ben Taylor, sorry, has officiated. So, I mean, that is a weird number (laughs) for sure, but also just the fact that where the Raptors are at this point of the season, Fred is taking on a leadership role and kind of just, you could tell he just had enough, right? And it's yeah. something that's for been brewing for a while. Maybe. So yeah, maybe that's what I didn't bring up is that maybe now, he did it for his teammates, right? Maybe, you know, just a tipping point. Like he reached his, his barrier and this is just enough and I'm, I'm going to get this off my chest because it's just going to be there lingering and who knows, maybe it, it, it manifests in a different way or in a worse way. I'm just going to take the fine, get my money's worth out in one game, in one post-game presser, and hopefully move on and, and try to get some dubs. Because the other part of all this is the Raptors' remaining or upcoming schedule, right? You got a pretty tough road ahead. We're recording this before they play Denver um, at home. And then following that game, they're at, they play OKC, they host Minnesota, then they're at Milwaukee, and then home to Indiana, which is going to be a huge, huge game. All teams that are, you know, either in the playoffs already or fighting for one of those, those spots. So these are going to be tooth and nail games, you know? And it's tough because as you mentioned, teams that you got to beat, but also teams that you're going to be at home, except for the Milwaukee game. And it's like, you got to be able to rep your home court, especially because right now sitting in ninth, that means, you know, ninth hovering around 10th, you might not have the benefit of a home game to get into the playoffs, right? So that also makes it a little tough if you're the Raptors as well. Well, actually, if you're in ninth, you're going to have to win two road games to get into the playoffs. So, I'm oh, sorry, you'd get one home game. The first game would be a home game. The second game would be a road game. Point being... You got to take care of your home court if you're the Toronto Raptors. And they've done that so far this season, 20 and 13 at home. That's cool. But my biggest takeaway from watching this Raptors team on the road, and I mean, I mean, of course, it's Fred Van Fleet as well. But my other biggest takeaway is at this point of the season, they doubled down. They brought in Pirtle. They added in uh, Will Barton, right, for some added depth. He's got to play the backup point guard role. But the Raptors still haven't figured out their rotation. And I think that that is a major, major problem. You are well past that. You're down the final stretch of the regular season. And you still haven't been able, for whatever reason, whether it's injuries, whether it's a lack of depth, Mm -hmm. all these different things, but you still haven't been able to figure out your bench unit. And your bench unit that should be okay on paper in terms of Gary Trent, Precious Achua, uh, Chris Boucher, and Will Barton now, and a starter has been horrible and you can't have that if you are trying to win games down the stretch against other teams that are also trying to win games and since Jakob Pertl has come back Pascal Siakam's numbers are down as well now there's a lot of different reasons for that to happen but with Pertl coming into the lineup and starting and then everyone else becoming healthy at the same time meaning your regulars Fred Pascal OG Scotty Barnes the pieces just don't fit. And it's something we've been talking about from the start of the season. And if you can't figure this part out, that Lakers game was frustrating, a frustrating L because the starters did their part. Yeah. The bench got outscored. What was it like 60 to 12 or something crazy like that? Something awful. Yeah. You can't have those numbers popping up. If you're the Toronto Raptors and you're trying to win games against a Lakers team that is without 
LeBron James without LeBron James. And Anthony Davis didn't even do that much. Yeah. But, but definitely have the walls to the back uh, or, or back to the wall mentality right now. They're clawing for every win. They know they don't have LeBron. They know that to get into that play-in tournament, they need everybody on the same page. They need yeah. from one to 10 now performing at a high level and executing. And it seems like the Raptors don't have that. Yeah. You know, that they have the guys uh, in the starting lineup that are bought in. But when it comes to that, I don't know whether it comes to that second unit that those guys, are they disappearing in the big moments or is it just not them being able to, you know, so operate the way they want to. So, you know, I've been pretty plugged into these games, especially down the stretch. And, you know, like if you been familiar with our work, you know what the day job is and all that. I don't really get into that on this platform, but the point I'm trying to make here is, you know, taking in that game in depth, right? Shouts to Josh Lewenberg here with some stats from that Lakers game. Raptors outscored the Lakers 72 to 55 with their starters on the floor. They were outscored 67 to 40 with any other lineup on the floor. Lakers had a 61 to 12 advantage in bench points. That is pathetic. And I tweeted out during the game, right? You're in that moment where every basketball game occurs. It's a close game. You're finishing the third quarter. And as a coach, you have a decision to make. Do you go to your full bench? How many of your starters do you leave in? Do you leave in most of your starters to finish out the third quarter, knowing that you're going to have to sit them to start the fourth? And that's going to be a very important part. And Nick Nurse, he tried to ride out his, ride out his starters to the end of the third quarter, sat Fred, sat OG, sat Pascal to start the fourth, had a Scotty Barnes-led unit to start the fourth quarter, and they gave up the lead. And to me, that's a turning point in the game, right? Because... You can't figure out your bench unit, but it's who are you playing with the bench? And if you're Scotty Barnes, we know the numbers look good and it says, oh, you finished with 30 plus points and all that. But there's a difference between stats and how impactful your points are. And if you watch how that game went, the Raptors were losing control when Scotty and the bench were on. And then all of a sudden, when Fred and OG and, and Pascal came back, Scotty Barnes is driving to the basket, getting buckets, knocking down yeah. shots. And it's like, Bro, we needed that when you were on with the bench unit, right? Like, that's when we need you to do that stuff. Not when Fred yeah. and Pascal and OG come back in the game. Like, we need that too, but we really needed it when you were on leading the bench unit. And I think, like, that's such a big part of watching the development and understanding that it's going to take some time for a yeah. young kid to figure out just how you pace yourself within the NBA, right? When to go, when to get your buckets, when to, you know, Use your knowing that you can do that leading a bench unit, like almost teaching him to be selfish in some Mm -hmm. instances. You know, it's okay to go out there and take charge. Like, but again, he is such a young guy, and that that'll be learned as as his as his career goes on. It's just also role definition too, right? Like the way that the Raptors are currently put together, when he's on with Fred and Pascal and those guys. The role is more to play defense, get yeah. on the glass, energy, energy guy, be that guy. When you're on with the bench, that's when you cook. That's when yeah. you go. And then it comes it comes down to, you know, role definition and accepting that role. I don't know if the move is to still play Scotty with the starter or with the bench unit. I don't know if that's a move. Is it do you play Fred? 
with the bench unit, kind of like how you have Kyle with the bench that used right. to be a thing where it's like, you know, he's cooking, but he's also just setting up everything. I don't know. But bottom line, the Raptors look better with the legitimate center in terms of Jakob Pertl. So the other pieces have to kind of figure out how to make that work. Like that pick and roll game with Pertl and Van Fleet has looked great since yeah. that has been, been put a, together. An amazing addition, like just what the Raptors needed, right? Mm -hmm. And Pascal as a star, I think that it's on him to kind of figure out how do I still get my buckets? Like the difference between, you know, starter, all-star, superstar, and as you go up the levels is that when you're the, the top tier guys, you figure out how to get yours regardless of the situation, no matter right. what's going on. And, and I think that's where needs Pascal you to is get struggling. Yours. Exactly. Like, and, and the thing is, it's like the team needs you to get yours. Totally. So you're not by getting yours. You're not being a non-team player. It's what that's the success that we need to win this game. So that's what you got to kind of get your mind around. Right. And, and I think that you're, I, I love that example of the, of Lowry with the bench, because that's exactly, that's exactly the kind of mindset that he had. But mm -hmm. again, by the time he was doing that, he was a vet. Right. For sure. Exactly. And like the, the, the pinnacle of that, if you're a Raptors fan that I always talked about back in our wrap it up days was watching Kawhi and just how he'd put up the mm. same 30 points. Didn't no, matter who was playing with him, but, but I'm saying the same 30 points, but it was, when was he getting those points? And it right. was, you know, keep the game close, keep the game close. Okay. To end a quarter, to cut a lead from 10 to five, he's yeah. going to go on a run. You know, to cut a lead from 15 to 10 before the end of a quarter, he's going to go on a run, you know, yeah, to extend yeah, a great. lead from five to 10. Like those are the moments where as a star player, or as a guy who is in charge of the unit that's currently on the floor, that's where you got to pick your spots. Yeah. And, you know, knowing Bart's the situation too. Like yeah. you say, knowing the situation, right? Second year guy, it's a learning curve. He's developing, he's growing while also trying to figure out the role within this team. There's just a lot going on with the Raps right now, and they're in tough, but they got time it's to gonna figure be a, it out. Like, it's going to be a, like both conferences right now are separated by a handful of games. It is yeah. not easy, and these games down this stretch are going to be awesome. So we'll start in the East. You mentioned the play-in, right? And how crazy that is. We mentioned just what's going on in the East here. You got the Raptors at, they are uh, it looks in like ninth your top place. Seven. It looks like your top seven down to the heat are pretty much in there. Yeah. The Raptors a game and a half out of eight, which would be the Atlanta Hawks. And yeah. then you're going all the way down to 12th where you have the Indiana Pacers. I feel like Indiana, so right now, Washington is a half game back of 10th. And yep. Indiana is a game back of 10. So if we look at this, Washington, Indiana, I, Chicago, I the Bulls, and Atlanta, who's in, who's out? If I'm okay, asking you I this, and we're going to be checking in. We're going to be checking in week in, week out. But right now, who you got? I, based on, I watched a little bit of the Sixers-Wizards game as much as I could. Love the mm -hmm. Wizards' pink jerseys. I think they're fucking sick. Yep. But that team is not good. <laughs> they are not they are not good yeah i think they slip out okay i think it probably right now the teams that are in i think are into the into the play-in mm -hmm. i think it's just a matter of where they finish in relation to the one team that none of the other three teams want to see which is miami and uh, i know miami's dealing with a lot of stuff right now jimmy butler walked off the court the other day just yeah. insane but that team's got so much talent and they're the heat 
that I think that none of the other three teams that you see there want to <laughs> see the Heat. I, I I don't know if the Raps can catch the Hawks. I don't know if the I don't know if the Bulls go on a little bit of a run here. Uh, yeah. They certainly have talent to do so. Uh, rough news about Lonzo Ball. You hate to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it it kind of ends the way we're seeing it here. Um, like I say, if you're the Raps, you definitely want the Hawks in that first game rather than the Heat. I think. Oh, definitely. I mean, if you're the if you're the Raps, the hope is that you can, you know, get up to the eighth seed, and then that way you just win one game and you're in. Yeah. yeah. Um. Obviously, that's the hope, and it's kind of tight right now at that spot. My thing is watching those bottom, you know, you look at 10, 11, 12. I look at Washington and Indiana and think those two teams are probably the most talented or better better teams, even though I mean, the Bulls the Wizards have the, some great players, but they're are they're just not inconsistent. Good. Yeah, it's true. And like, you know, it's just a bunch of mediocre teams that have really, really good wins. And then really, really bad wins. And I think that that's the part that makes it really tough, right? Like I've been scoreboard watching, which is so funny because again, the play-in has made it so that you're scoreboard watching the bottom, like you're scoreboard watching. What did the Hawks do tonight? Yeah. And you have, you have a run where it's like the Bulls and Pacers are both three and three in their last six. Uh, The Wiz are just one and five in their last six, but you have these teams that they'll win big games against like the Bucks or something, but then lose to the Pistons. And it's just so funny because it's just a sign of a mediocre team. Right. But here we are inconsistency, right? Exactly. Exactly. So you talked about, I mean, you look at those teams, I'm saying, I think that Indiana and Washington will both find a way to make it in. Really? Yeah. I think, I think those two teams will find a way to make it in. I'd like to see Indiana get in. I like their team. I mean, Halliburton is sick. The Canadian kid is awesome. Yeah. And, and they have my, one of my favorite non Sixers, uh, TJ McConnell, right? <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. And Indiana season kind of got derailed by the Halliburton injury. So yeah. you could see them finally getting him back and healthy and see how that will go. But it'll come down to just wins. And we know we we went through the Raptors schedule. Huge game against Indiana coming up. So at the end of the Raps next five games, that'll be very huge to see for sure where that yeah. ends up. And I asked you this question about the East. So, of course, I'm going to ask you that question. Hold on, hold on. One question. So you say that Washington and Indiana get in. Oh, I'm going back down. I'm scrolling back. I'm scrolling back. Washington and Indiana are in. Who are the two teams right now that are out? So here's what I think. I think that that the Raptors are in some trouble here. I just think they have a really – the Raptors have a really, really difficult schedule. If you look at – how things are playing out and the way mm-hmm. that the Raptors season schedule ends. Like if you go to the very, very end of the Raptors schedule, they play. So you have two games against Charlotte, which you should, Oh no, I'll go back a bit. The Raptors end the season with a game again. They go Washington, Miami, Philadelphia, right? All of those teams need wins. So you hope you have to win the Washington game. Then you get two games against Charlotte which you better win both of them in Charlotte. Cool, right? But then you end the season with Boston, Boston, Milwaukee. Could be resting players at that point. But when you look at the top of the standings, though. They may not have a ton to play for. But you want to, hold on, hold on, hold on. I completely disagree. Boston and Milwaukee will be battling for first overall. But they'd be locked into either one of the playing games. I don't think, do you think that they, you know, 
I'm I saying mean, that, Boston that's and good, Milwaukee. That's good for me. That means they're shook of the Sixers. Well, that means that, think, that that person mm-hmm. in second doesn't want to see Embiid in the playoffs. I just think Boston learned last year, Boston and Milwaukee, because they played each other in the playoffs, learned how important having game seven at home, at home yeah. would be, right? And I think that when you look at it from that perspective, uh, as you know, if we know Middleton was out, Giannis almost right. dragged Milwaukee past Boston, but Boston having home court mattered, right? And I think yeah. like that, when you look at those seven two teams, series. yeah, you're right. It's going to be tough. And for if you're the Raptors, and that's how you're ending that season. Also, if I'm Milwaukee and Boston and I look at the bottom of, of the play-in and you're looking at teams like the Hawks, the Bulls, and Washington, I don't really think you want to play the Raptors in a playoff series, right? Like, and I'm not saying because I think the Raptors are like way better than those teams. I just think it's a, harder, have, yeah. it's a harder game against the yeah. Raptors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you can take care of business and eliminate them there, you might want to do that and be like, all right, we can lock down Trey Young for a couple games here. That is right. no defense self. Whereas the Raptors, you're clutching and grabbing and you got to go play in Toronto. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of play that the that physical uh, lineup that Toronto exactly. has loves to play, right? So like again, Miami, I'm, right? Yeah. Like, again, I'm not saying the Raptors are better than those teams. I'm just saying, who do you want to play against, you, right? Because so, you're going to win, but, but it'll take but, a lot out of you. You have the Raptors out. So I think they're the other- in tough, man. I think they're in super tough, man. And so you I- have the Raptors and Chicago out and Indiana and Washington in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I'm saying okay. that without looking at Washington and Indiana's like run here, but I just think the Raptors schedule is one of the hardest schedules down the stretch. Right. Yeah. And I just think that. Boston, Boston, Milwaukee on the last game of the season. I could see them sitting because we've seen them do that before. Cause that's what yeah. Bud, Bud, you know, Bud yeah. doesn't care. He'll sit Giannis because that's the most important thing, making sure Giannis is is whole. So you better take care of business those two games against Boston. But the Raptors have struggled against Boston this season, regardless of who's in the lineup. I mean, they lost big in a game that Brown didn't even play. But let's go on to the West because I know we spent a lot of time there talking about the Rappies. But we'll go to the West because that story is just as crazy as you look at, you know, just what's going on there as you look at this goes up. It goes like it's not just the plan. It's the two teams that are above the plan that have that like all of this in a week. We could see the Clippers yep. or the Warriors be down in ninth or tenth. It could yeah. be even worse. It's it's really insane when you look at how crazy this is. And you have teams five through twelve. Yes, five through twelve separated by three games. That is crazy, folks. And you know, there's a couple of things that I find really strange here. I feel like Portland, who's currently in eleventh. I feel like every other game I see Dame Lillard right. sitting out. Yeah. Or sitting out that, that or he has like 35 in the third quarter. Yeah, I find that <laughs> very strange. Uh we know the update with Zion is he's still out a couple more weeks, which is I mean, I think I don't sad. think we see him. I don't think we see him. I agree with you there for sure. The Do we Mavs, have a LeBron James? Do we have a LeBron James update? Well, LeBron's gonna be back. You know, LeBron's gonna be reevaluated, but I still think the way that the Lakers are playing as of late. It kind of boasts well to not rush LeBron back. And mm-hmm. I think they'll be much less likely to rush him back if they are just still hovering in that 
you know, they're in 12th right now, but as you mentioned, a good week could see them in sixth, right? So it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. And Anthony Davis, we mentioned the Raptors game and Anthony Davis didn't really play well and they still found a way to win. So I don't even know what to fully make of this Lakers team, but they're, now, they appear on, to be doing tech. it right now. Why are my standings different than yours? Hold on. Let's see here. I don't know. Is something. Yeah, those, those are the ones that I have with the Lakers. Oh, look at this. Boom. That was a refresh. Did you see that? Refresh? There, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, why do you have the Lakers at 13 and a half games back? I have them at 13 games back. Yo, do you know what's so crazy? Do you know Do you know what messed up? Do you know what actually happened there as you're looking at the standings? That's just not a refresh. That was up from last night, but I guess before the games from last night actually changed on ESPN.com. That is amazing. No but the funny auto thing refresh? Is, no auto refresh? No, but do you know what the funny thing is about that? You look at the standings, and it's still from uh, five to twelve, separated yeah, by three games. games. That is insane, and it they makes me moved. actually want to go up. Did we mess up something up here? No, no. The top? only they were they the were the same. Still the same. Well, it's it's the uh, yeah, Bulls the and the Raptors the are still. in. No, yeah, you, the I Bulls think and Raptors are in. It was Washington and the Bulls that are swapped here. Yeah, that were swapped. Yeah, that is so crazy. Like the numbers are the same. The teams are. Like the, well, I, like you say, it doesn't really matter where they are. I was just, <laughs> I was just tripping out, but like uh, because that like is you say, hilarious. After tonight, it'll all yeah. be re like all the little pieces will rearrange again, and so, that is what is hilarious. And again, like you know, one good night changes so many different things. And the Lakers are in ninth place, as you mentioned, and you you look at it from that viewpoint. The Clippers. My question is. My question is if. You know, in the last four games of the season, the Lakers find themselves in 11 or 12, but still mm -hmm. a game, game and a half back. Does LeBron James play? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think if they're, if they're in striking distance and, and, you know, he's looking at all those teams and he thinks he can beat all those play in teams, right? Like, if you're LeBron, you're looking at that and, and you're saying, yo, I can you're take the licking your chops at the prospect of playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. Exactly. Or the or Pelicans playing the Clippers. Zion, Even like the, the Lakers Thunder. against the Clippers, you're gonna be kind of licking your chops. I don't know if I want that smoke if I'm the Lakers, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're they're doing the job right there. They're doing the job. And and to be doing it without LeBron, I think that part is huge. I think that part is so massive, and you can't yeah. really, you know, especially for a team where so much of the talk has been centered around just what the Lakers. Oh, it's three D chess. Minus it's three D chess from LeBron and not Palenka. Only does he, not I think Palenka has done a great job. Well, I mean, it's kind of LeBron checking Palenka. You know, Fair. it's I'm going to rest. If we're good enough to make this play in tournament, I'll be back. But mm -hmm. you know what? If this team without me craters if davis can't stay on the court if you guys can't rally around this amazing talented one of the best i center power forward in the game right now if you guys can't get into this playoff playing tournament with just him and the rest of the team around you why would i come back to the lakers next year no i hear you i hear you i look at so i look at the standings right and or why would i east, keep davis around 
Well, we talked we talked about the East standings, and you know, I think the Raptors and Bulls drop out. The Wizards and Pacers move into the plan in the East. I look at the mm-hmm. West, and I think the teams that are in right now will remain Listen, in in terms no. of Minnesota, Dallas, Lakers, and the Pelicans. The Thunder, no. I think, want it ain't I happening. Know, do it the Thunder want to make the playoffs? The Thunder are of these teams that are in the in the bottom four there. Mm-hmm. I think the Thunder have the best team. But do the Thunder want to make it is what I'm saying. Because there were Why random games it? where they were sitting Shea, I don't, which I didn't really get. Well, that or, or he is dealing with something. But listen, but th- right now, they're in 11th in the West. They have a real legitimate shot to make a play-in game. They've got one of the be- top five player in the NBA right now, even though he's been sitting here or there. Shouts They've got... A, a, a really legitimate team. And this is not just, and we'll get into this with the Sacramento Kings as well. This is not just one guy carrying a bunch of scrubs mm-hmm. like this team. And then is set up for the next couple of years. So even if they finish not in the lottery, it's not a big deal because of the amount of picks that they have packaging yeah. them together and moving up or using them in a way that you can make a trade for another star is I mean, talk about 3D chess. I love Presti and what he's been doing. Not only that, but you're going to get the, and I know you're not a huge fan of him, but you're still getting the number two pick of the NBA draft fresh for next year. Chetana. Yes. I forgot about Shout Chetana. to Shout to Chet, man. <laughs> I forgot. Get him in I there. I forgot about Chet. So, no, it's like, true. But it's like, getting a, it's like getting a lottery pick, a top mm-hmm. two pick in the draft for yourself next year. So why not make this run? And honestly, compared to what the Pelicans are doing with no Zion, they're in a free fall. This is a team that was a top one to two seed in the West, you know, a couple of months ago. Yeah, I I really think that the Thunder can do it, man. And I hope that they do. Like, I know a lot of their fans are tank this, tank that. But listen, you still have this whole treasure chest of picks and draft asset. You don't necessarily need to get Scoot or Wembenyama this year because I don't think it's going to happen. There are other teams that have been tanking way better than you have. So why not try and make this play-in game and build the culture of your team? Because, God, yo, you know where I stand on Giddy. Okay? <laughs> I'm are are you a fan, Wendy? I'm a big fan of Giddy. And when he was drafted, I was like, why is this guy going six? I would have drafted this guy in the top three. He's incredible. And, listen, kids looking like a movie star out here. That's what you need on your team. Yeah, no, and I Shea. got you. Everybody was talking about Shea. Should they trade Shea? Should the Raptors get Shea? I'll tell you one thing that the Thunder aren't doing is letting go of one of the biggest uh, trade steals of all time. Like, not only did they get all those picks from the Clippers, but the Clippers gave up on Shea. Wouldn't you much rather have, uh, and Paul George is having a great year and he's a <laughs> great player, but wouldn't you much rather have Shea at this point? For sure. Totally. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Time for a couple of just random check-ins that we're going to do from now to the end of the regular season, which are just going to be MVP check-in and a simple question of, do you believe in blank? Okay. MVP check-in. Well, we'll, we'll start with this here. Cause we were talking about the Western conference and I'm going to ask you, do you believe in the Sacramento Kings who continue to make the run in the Western conference currently still in what second place they're in? Yeah, they uh, 
Second or third? They're up second there. Or third. They're up there. They're up there. They're in third place. They're a game out of second place. Pardon me. My bad. As clearly I'm having a lot of trouble with the standings today. <laughs> the point remains. Sacramento Kings yeah. are balling. They remain having the best offense in the NBA. They are, you know, as the John Morant saga continues to, I mean, mount in just more Play drama. Out and yeah. play out yeah sacramento continues to rise and they could be looking at the second seed in the western conference and my question to you mr andrew webster is do you believe the kings can win the west uh i i really do i oh. really believe i really okay. believe that the kings can win the west because when you look at the other teams that are around them the other teams are in that Western Conference around them, you have the Denver Nuggets, mm -hmm. who are having an amazing regular season, but have been known to choke in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. We've got the Memphis Grizzlies, who are dealing with, as I'm sure we'll get to, a huge, I don't want to say crisis, but a situation that involves their best player. So they're kind of up in the air. You look behind the Kings, and you've got the Suns, who just had Kevin Durant go down. Yeah. We don't know. They say he might be ready for, in time for the start of the playoffs, but he might not. Yeah. And then you, you have that, the Clippers who are, who knows well, what's the going on there. Clippers the and the Warriors, Warriors can't are, win on the road. <laughs> and they're basically in a playing battle right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. so the, the Kings not only have um, a fortuitous path in front of them mm -hmm. uh, to a Western Conference run, but even before all this stuff around them started to happen, I love their team. Yeah. I love the story. We need more things like this in the NBA. They're, and they're fun. They're fun to watch. We love watching De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis do their thing. And they've got a pretty deep team. And they probably have the coach of the year. All of those things uh, uh, are, are coagulating at the right time Ooh. with a situation in, you know, situation <laughs> in front of them that they could make a run to the West. Why not? The great home crowd. Yeah. Light the beam. The, I'm catching Kings fever, man. And like I say, most importantly, like they're a fun team to watch. They got a little bit of the dog in them, as we saw last night with, uh, mm -hmm. of course, the Canadian gets into it, right? <laughs> Trey Lyles, like, where's Trey Lyles from? Like Saskatchewan, too. Yeah, right? yeah, He's yeah. Good, I love you know, I love that. A couple I of love, pills and he'll get into it. Bro. Well, I love everything about the fact just how Sacramento, you look at that team and you have De'Aaron Fox. His clutch numbers are just through the roof this season. Insane. And that's Harrison been incredible. Barnes has been playing out of his mind. A good vet in Harrison Barnes, right? A great vet in Harrison Barnes. I love the fact that when you look at their lineup as well, the trade for Sabonis, you give up Halliburton, and we talked about this last week. You give up Halliburton, which is tough, but you get Sabonis, who is putting up such crazy numbers that you see Put, things where it's like, the oh, only name. Wilt has done that, right? And look at like, the look at the man's name. Know the man's pedigree. It's Arvidas. Like, yeah. Not your Vetus or my Vetus, our Vetus. That's hey. his loin. That's where he comes from, man. And not yeah. only that, hey, they made another pretty big move in the offseason. Didn't didn't seem like a big move, but can't deny. Can't deny the redhead. Yeah, Herder. Herder Kid puts in work. I've known that since he he killed also, the Sixers. But also, you know, they, ago, they have uh -huh. depth. They have yeah, that, that's what right? I mean. Like Keegan Murray has been really good for them at certain points. Malik this Monk is well. a six man of the year candidate. Yeah, it's a real team, and offense is huge. And the biggest thing will be as this NBA continues to shift into this generation of stats being inflated and numbers, offensive numbers just going up and up in craziness. 
it's going to be interesting to see as the normal talk of everything changes in the playoffs. Defense matters more in the playoffs. Offense goes down. How much will it go down for a team like this in terms of Sacramento that's been clicking at such a high rate for the whole season? That will be interesting to see, but also clicking at a high level this season. Your man's Joel Embiid. We've been checking in on the Jokic MVP talk each and every week. And I've been asking you, really? Like, you're just going to not acknowledge your man's Embiid and say that he's the MVP? But there's a big-time game winner that happened recently. I mean, the Sixers are on a roll. You were talking about Sabonis, where every time he does something, it's like, oh, he hasn't done it since Wilt. It's the same with Embiid. Anytime Embiid steps on the floor, it's like, oh, no, nobody's done this since Will. And it's not just the amazing uh, shot-making abilities. His skill set is like, okay, I know that I picked Jokic to win the MVP, and I still think he does. But whose skill set impresses you more in a game, mm-hmm. in a game on both ends of the floor? I'm not talking about – Yeah, yeah, I'm just talking about their skill set. What Embiid is able to do is pretty crazy. Do I would I prefer that my big men just stay in the post and dominate the post? Of course. Why? When your big man is fucking Michael Jordan. Did you see the did you see the clip? I I got I was gonna and I should have I watched it yesterday and I was like, oh I gotta at Shelly on this. And it's like overlaid clips of Jordan and Embiid. I'm not gonna watch that. Even that, even the even the comparison being made is even that being made is unbelievable. I'm not going to watch that video. I'm telling you right now, I'm not watching that video. Okay, you can send it, you can tweet it, you can put it on Instagram, you can put it on your MySpace, you can put it anywhere you want, Webby. I'm not going to watch that clip comparing MB to Michael Jordan. But what I will, what I do want to ask you, and it's all seriousness aside, right? Like. I think Embiid, and this is coming from me. I'm a notorious hater, sports hate. I always emphasize sports hate of Joel Embiid, right? And 33 and 10, he's just putting up like big boy numbers. The Sixers are on a roll. Rolling out of bed and putting up 36 and 10. I don't think it's that much of a foregone conclusion that we're just handing this to Jokic yet again when Embiid is on the run that he's on and the Sixers are making strides three games out of top spot in the West. A game out of second. Uh, So you see the key here. Which is more likely? Sixers to get the top spot in the East or Embiid for MVP? I don't think either one is very likely. I don't. Well, if you could choose, um, which one do you want? I, you want your if, man's? If I, if I could add a third one, okay. and it would be make Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, you, I would you, put <laughs> I would put that as most likely. I'm gonna be honest with you, Webby, and this isn't this is like actual basketball talk, not my sports hate for Joel Embiid. You don't you don't see it happening. No, I will never. No, ever, ever. Okay, believe in Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Doc Rivers to have this great playoff run separately or together until I certainly see not it. together. <laughs> right? I don't know I why Embiid gets rolled into that. I can because understand he's Harden been there and for Doc. The playoff failures. What do you mean? Yeah, but he didn't play in the Heat series last year. We watched Joel Embiid put up single digit outings against Marcus we all watched okay, that. Okay, that was two years ago, but <laughs> last year he beat the Sixers in a seven-game playoff series. No, he beat the Raptors. Or the Raptors in a seven-game playoff series and put up pretty fucking good numbers against them. 
He did. And I seem also, to remember a pretty crazy game-winning three-pointer that he hit. He did. The truth. So the I, truth. I don't. I, I I can understand putting Harden and Doc in there, but I can't put Embiid in there yet. I'll believe yet, it. I think I it's it. more. I think it's more likely than them finishing top of the East or him winning MVP. Okay. Now the thing is with the MVP, it's like I I pretty much given up. Because even if he keeps putting up these numbers, they're mm-hmm. gonna make the statistical analytic uh you know statistical case for Jokic and Giannis being better. But I mean I test it it's every what he's doing as a guy that size is like like he's putting it through his legs. He's hitting turnaround game winning jumpers. He's hitting Stop threes. This. We're talking about winning MVP, he's, not doing this for the gram. Okay, he's Webby. Cooking. He's cooking, man. So and not I'll only that, this. but he's re he's revived James Harden's career. James Harden yeah. is having his best year since he won MVP. And he's, he's going to take the money and run back to Houston after this. Sure. Because, yo, listen, Dame Lillard will look sick in a Sixers wow. jersey. Listen okay. Sick. Game time is going to be Eastern Standard, baby. Tough. Let's go. What I do want to say the bell on the wrist. This might sound crazy, but I am not making a final MVP decision until I see on March 27th the Philadelphia 76ers in Denver against Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. I want to see that head to head matchup because that stuff matters to me. I want to see that. You can say, Oh, it's just one game. No, 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 no. I like this is what sports is. Sports is about competition. And if yeah. two dudes know that they are near the top of the MVP debate and they're going head to head with like a week and a half to go in the season, I want to see who's belt that life. Who so wants to see in that situation of those two guys? Mm-hmm. Who do you think gets up for it more? Oh, indeed. Embiid Embiid. is just more likely to, I think Embiid is more likely to try and make more of the moment than Jokic. Because even if Jokic does put up the, you know, his normal, what, 25 and 10 and 10 and get the triple double, he's going to go about his business and do it in a certain way. But if Embiid touches 30 (laughs) and the Sixers (laughs) win in Denver, my guy's going to be be doing the jet. He's going to be doing the the Hulk Hogan. He's going to be mean mugging. Bro, He'll be doing it for the gram on top of doing it on the court, right? And like, Sirianni, unfortunately, man. that matters. The I moments love. matter. The moments matter. Absolutely. And that's what I, I really, that's why, I mean, this is probably why you hate Embiid and why I like him so much <laughs> is that he really understands that shit. Yeah. And no, he really true. plays into it. You know, a lot of these other guys, they shy away from it, man. But like, that's why, again, a lot of people, um, Sorry to bring up Kevin Durant, but a lot of people hate on or not even hate, but criticize his activity online and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, that's a guy who gets it. You know, I just think Durant gets it. And, you know, there's there's other guys in the league that do. And I'm sure I'm not saying that Jokic doesn't get it, but he's like you could when he won the MVP last year, he like brought it around in a fucking Borat cart around Serbia or wherever he's from when he won, you know. Like he's not all about, he's not about the gram, you know? Yeah. No, totally fair. Totally fair. Um, something that people probably wish wasn't on the gram was there was a photo leak of yeah. John Morant, John Morant photo leak. We're hoping that we wish that wasn't on the gram as this week's update of John Morant. First yeah. off, like, 
I mean, we'll get the serious stuff in first and just say he's out. And then can we analyze the picture? Because I have questions. I've got questions. We'll just get the news part, the serious part out of the way. He's out indefinitely as he enters a counseling program in Florida. We don't know what that means, but we just hope that it's good. Good thing. And he's getting whatever help he needs. We all wish that. We all want that. We all want to see those things. Don't rush back. This is so much more important than fucking way more us talking about where you're gonna finish in the seating or whatever man like exactly. all we want is for a guy like ja who we all like literally as basketball fans have fallen in love with since his murray state days and just couldn't wait for this kid to like show his talent on the nba stage and he's done that but we just i think everybody i don't think that there's one person out there who doesn't want to see ja get right and uh and get back to playing and uh living living life right Totally, totally. Right. And on top of that, the other part of that to me is the other story that has come out, which I also think is an important factor in him, you know, going to get the help that he needs because this adds another level of the social media. You're almost seeing like it in layers where he made this a bigger story by himself going on to social media and flashing the gun and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then now also on social media, thanks to the New York Post which I mean, New York Post, TMZ, you know, it's like the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. But New York Post releases photos of John Morant in said club. And I mean, I'll describe the photos because I don't even know if I could actually put them up on the pod <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube. Is, all that, are, is that cash? I can subscribe. Is that so, cash? My question is, first question is, is that cash? All so I'll, I'll describe the room? picture first, right? You see John Morant in the corner. There's no one else in the club. He appears to be in the corner getting a lap dance. And the whole floor is just filled with what appears to be cash. You can't see it the floor. Like um, we were having this discussion the other day. And I don't want to <laughs> implicate people because I don't want people to take <laughs> this the wrong way. But the discussion, as it was explained to me, was that what happens is you come in with cash they hand you fake ones and then that's what you um, disperse within said okay. strip club. Okay. Um, Simon Bennett told you that, didn't he? Wow. How you gonna, why would you geez. shots fired for no reason? And no, my no, no, is like the nicest guy ever. And it's like clearly not person who would Yes, exactly. Shouts to Simon Bennett. Yeah, huge shouts to Simon Bennett. Clearly a guy that it's not about Guy, Try the meal. Jeez. My guy shouts to Simon Bennett, but my question to you though, right? Like, is this like, how does this happen? Why do these pictures end up online? Cause oh, this is not good publicity for why do they end shotgun up willies. No, but no. I'm saying shotgun <laughs> willies in Denver. Like this isn't good publicity for them. If you're a high profile client, are you going to this establishment? Shotgun willies must be getting the bag from TMZ. Now, the other crazy thing about shotgun willies is the night, that John Morant was there mm-hmm. was a Dr. Seuss birthday party at Shotgun Willie's. Dr. Seuss from Hop on Pop, uh, Wait, and the Lorax. Yeah, no, no, I'm looking at it right now. The night John Morant was at Shotgun Willie's with Dr. Seuss's birthday night, the second of two Dr. Seuss's birthday nights at the club. I'm really confused. Why do they have Dr. Zeus nights at the club? I don't know. Maybe they're fans of the, the Grinch. 
Maybe they, so, they got really a long. Confused. What is happening a, right now? <laughs> I'm telling you, they look. I'm looking at the Shotgun Willies. Um, I'm looking at the Shotgun Willies calendar right now, and it's got the date John Morant was there, and it says Dr. Seuss birthday, 11 a.m. to tw- uh, to 11:55 p.m. So it's an all-day affair. The Dr. Seuss's birthday event, Shotgun Willies, 492 South Colorado Boulevard. Da 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 da. Celebrate Dr. Seuss's birthday at Shotgun Willies. <laughs> that was the night John Morant was there. Dr. Zeus has to be like the name of some like DJ or something, right? Or, or come on, not, man. The beloved, not the <laughs> beloved on. children's author. Come on. Like, what are we what are we talking about? Dr. Zeus has to be like, okay, why am I putting like I do see the, the article here on the big lead, but like what what is happening right now, man? What is really I, this, I, right I told you I had questions about this whole night. I wish I had answers for you, and maybe uh one of our viewers our listeners will be able to fill us in with who I think exactly. Judy Bloom. I think Judy Bloom night at Shotgun Willie's is actually next month. Jeez. Wow. Absolutely insane. Or some might say, Dear Wendy, God, it's me, Margaret. Oh God. Wow. Some might say complete madness, which is a segue into our final segment of this week's pod, which is Ask God Blast. Oh, which is my terrible bracket. Oh, our Ask God Blast segment, as mentioned earlier, is March Madness is here. I'm going to be honest. Normally, I put out a bunch of March Madness content. You'll have March Madness pods with picks. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not happening this year. You and Russell aren't getting together for any schedule is too busy, but I will push everybody to at M Russ authentic and get everything that my guy's writing over at the score. It doesn't matter what pods the guy writes content. Oh, he's all over it. He's on get. If you want a bag, follow Matt Russell. Yes, I will be following Matt Russell to, to you know, because I'm sure once Thursday does roll around, I'm going to want to be sprinkling somewhere. But I will say this. I don't I have not watched a the reason why I'm not doing any college basketball content is because I've not watched, watched any a college, college basketball. basketball game this season yet. And also, like the schedule is just too hectic with Raptors going on with pods, with other projects, just too much going on right now at the moment. Do you have tips will for anybody? This. Do you have a tip for anybody who is looking at their bracket? Or oh, yeah, without even looking, looking at without even looking, looking at, at to fade or to, to hop on. Haven't even looked at a bracket, but I will tell you a few things. Okay. One, shouts to Zach Eady, because putting on for Canada. No chance that guy's making it out, making it to the Elite Eight. No chance. I see a big white guy like that, and I see a whole galaxy. Did I just call him of, Zach Purdy? No, Zach Eady. Right? No, I'm saying, did I call him Zach Purdy? No, no. Were you thinking <laughs> okay. about the you're thinking about the elbow? <laughs> My Niners guy. Yes, I know. You're thinking about but the I'm elbow. just saying, shouts to Zach Eady. Sorry. I see a galaxy of college basketball players who are going to be looking to put it on this kid. I mean, listen, okay, Zach Eady, I'm going to give him all the props because, you know, I want to see Canadian boys do well, but this isn't about Zach Eady. He's going to win player of the year. He's had a great season. He's done a really, really good job, but it's a Purdue stench and their crappy conference stench. We all know how this goes come March, okay? They're going to play some mid-major team with senior guard play that's going to get hot from three. Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. Sure, and it's going to be jammed done. I'm saying this without looking at a bracket. The next thing, 
karma will not allow Alabama to win. Okay. I'm just hundred percent right. Alabama percent right. Without getting into that story, doing way too much. Karma will not allow Alabama. And what's their coach's name? Uh, I don't know. He's I'm a drawing. Shit, a, no, I'm drawing a blank, but like my guy's a clown. Yeah. They're, they're done. And as always, my rules for each and every year, in every, March year. Madness, every year, one Duke and Bun Gonzaga. Okay. I don't even have to know <laughs> what's going on at all. <laughs> but if you follow those four things, friends, I'm just here to help you out. And that is my March Madness analysis. So, so don't have Duke and don't have Duke and Gonzaga in the final four. That's what you're saying. No, don't do it. All right. All right. Don't do it. Good looking Please on you, Kansas, it. and good looking on you, Marquette. <laughs> All righty. I think I think I'm set. I think I'm set. <laughs> you know? But again, yeah, I'm if trying you to want... think if there if there are anybody, if there's any other team to check out. I mean, none of my Philly schools are in it, so that's mm-hmm. a shame. Yeah. Um, but uh the ones that I okay, I'll give you one. I'll give you two. Okay, I said Marquette. Uh, Shaka Smart. We both love Shaka Smart going back to his ECU days as coach. Mm-hmm. We like Marquette making a big run. The other one that I like, okay, Providence is an 11 seed playing Kentucky. Okay. Okay. John, John Calipari in Kentucky. Yep. Last year, when Kentucky was in the tournament, they DNP'd one of their best players. Yeah. And they ended up losing that game. The next day or the next week or whatever, that player who DNP'd transferred to Providence. Ooh. And this year, he has been lighting it up, and Providence plays Kentucky first round. I like Providence to upset Kentucky. Ooh. That's okay. That's like what I'm it. giving you right now. That revenge game, that's what I'm giving you right now. I like it. I like it. And, of course, we always try to give you all the information you need on all things basketball, but dead serious Follow yeah. M Russ Authentic. Read everything my guy's putting out there on the score yes. to get everything that you need between now and all through the March Madness tournament for sure. But if you want the jokes, you want the information in equal if you doses. Want celebrations of Dr. Seuss's birthday. <laughs> Where can the people find you online, my dude? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, man. It's the same at a Webster 84. Hit me up. Hit me up if you like listening to this. You know, we're always sending each other. Listen, if you want that clip of Michael Jordan highlights superimposed onto Joel Embiid highlights, it, I'm sending it to Shelly right now. I got to go find it. I'm saying at a Webster 84. Hit me up. I've already told you. I'm I sending you right now. I don't care if you're going to watch it or not. I will not be watching. I'm telling you right now. I will not be watching. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Right there. Okay. Well, you can find me online. My name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me online on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And please like and subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcast. Bless with the like, bless us with the retweet. That's how you support the movement that is this, the On Blast Podcast Network. And we love you for that. We thank you for that. We appreciate that for sure and as always i used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the ball on blast podcast part of the on blast podcast network as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time see ya peace this is ball on blast part of the on blast podcast network available on itunes spotify soundcloud and youtube if you like it then subscribe and tell your friends 
Paula.